Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the first episode of Gamesphere of the year. Um, so uh, as I understand it, some, some numbers have changed and as a result, I'm obliged to say Happy New Year. Um, so today I am joined by my good friend Jenny, who is also actually one of my favorite streamers. And I'm not just saying that because you're, you're my friend, actually, but I really have enjoyed a lot of the games that you've streamed over the years. Um, you are twitch.tv forward slash classy library. And I will, of course, put all your links to your YouTube channel, your Twitch down in the uh, in the show notes. Um, but um, yeah, definitely worth checking out. Uh, you stream a lot, actually, don't you? You stream like, is it five days a week now, you said? Yeah, I mean, um, I started doing it properly in like April, well, when furlough happened. Um, and I kind of have been keeping the challenge up. I keep saying, oh, I'm going to drop down to four days a week or I'm going to, you know, take out one of the sessions. And then I keep on being like, no, actually, like I like having the structure, I like having something to come home to at the end of the shift or the end of the day. Um, you know, a reason to make sure my room's tidy <laughs> um, and like, you know, feel like I'm making progress with whatever I'm doing. So it, it's nice to have the structure. One of the things that we do do quite a lot on the old community streams is don't starve together and i've not talked about this game on on the show before despite the fact that it is probably one of my favorite games and, and i make this distinction don't starve together over don't starve because to me like it works so well as a social game that don't starve yeah. the single player has just fallen by the wayside to be honest and there's I mean, everything I, I kind of want to check how what my comparative hours of play is on both of those I'm going to oh i i i actually think it's my most played game on steam uh, and there's i mean there's everything to love about it like you've got this wonderful art style you've got these like the the world building is amazing like it's so quirky and it it's like a dream world that um it doesn't quite make sense and it's almost like it do you know what it's a bit like it's a bit like if uh it's like a, the world described by a, like a child where they use yeah. like kind of slightly, uh, you know, like like the language they, is a bit altered and yeah, like there's a lot of like pun names to creatures or um, like like the, the 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 names of a lot of the things are things that are combined mm. um, or you know like Chester. If you if if you say the word Chester to a child, you would probably basically get a puppy chest yeah like if, if you were to say a beefalo to a child you would probably get something like a buffalo yeah. um like eyebirds like it, it, it is a very it's um the language of it is a very kind of it, it's it's a very it, visually it, tactile game yeah and it's just how they how they toy around with language is just one aspect of its, its sort of originality yeah. it's it's made by cly which is a canadian studio if i'm not um mistaken and uh they've done a wonderful job about bringing new stuff into the game and and not necessarily charging for it like there is dlc and extras and cosmetics that you can buy um yeah. but it, for the most part most people we know have just bought the stock game and just play that and then it just updates yeah mm. um and i love the fact that like we've been playing it for so long now that we've seen like 
things like changes to water effects and changes to smoke animations. And well, we've seen changes to water. We've seen like the like when we started playing it, they had no like water stuff at all, and now you can build a pirate yeah. ship and then sail now the high seas. Pirate ship. Um, yeah, like we we were there pre um, uh, don't stop shipwrecked. Um, and oh, all we were the... there pre pre don't starve release. We were playing it in 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 before the yeah. game. Was, I mean, I think we've been playing it for six years now. Like it's really um, been that long. I wonder. If, I wonder if that's on my stats. That'd be really interesting to know when I first bought it because I've, I've 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 bought a new laptop since. So I don't know whether or not it will be. Oh, well, Steam should um, tell you when you bought it. Yeah. Um. For those of of you that don't know, don't starve is a. Uh, I would call it like a a pseudo. It's like a two D slash three D game. Um, where it's a survival game. Like the, the the broad idea of it is that you have um you have a, a a health bar like you would in any other video game. You have a hunger meter like you would do in in most other survival games, and you have like a, a sanity meter, a mental health meter, and you have to make sure that your physical health, your mental health, and your hunger are both are all um uh you know like uh, dealt with. Good. <laughs> Um, and yeah. then there, there are like fights and bosses that you can have. So like, you know, you go through yeah. the cycle of the seasons, you go through like, uh, autumn, winter, spring, summer, and each of these seasons has like a creature that you like a, a boss fight as it were. You don't, I think it, it, it's quite debatable as to whether or not these boss fights are really like compulsory, like with some yeah, bosses. Like I, there's... I don't think I've ever personally participated in a boss fight. Oh, you've, you've seen us take down the deer clops before. Now the deer clops yeah. is like... It's a I, I, I usually just hide in the background and let you guys do the combat. Well, it's a team team game. Like, I mean, I, I'm sure you've done <laughs> things like you've you've managed to keep us like the fires lit. Because one of the great things about this game is that you, if you go into the dark, you die. Like, you've got to make yeah. sure that you are lit everywhere you go. Um, so it's not just like it, it's not just hunger that you have to worry about. It's not just you know it, you have to worry about the darkness. You have to worry about like your your dreams, your nightmares coming to life, and all this kind of stuff. Like it's it, there's a lot to to balance in it, and it is a difficult game. Like I'm not gonna like you know it, it, it might sound like a difficult game. It might look like a difficult game. It is a difficult game, and the thing that that really draws me into it is that you have these giant you know monsters that you. You don't have to fight, but you do get benefits like rare ingredients to make nice things. Um, if if you defeat these creatures, some of them are hostile towards you. Some of them sometimes you go hunting after them, um, and and the creativity of them is, is great. The fact of the matter is, like unless you have like really like good strategies, a plan, you teamwork, um, no, you know all this kind of stuff, you're dead in the water. Like you don't stand a chance against any of these these monsters. It's I think maybe you could possibly compare some of the boss fights to to like the idea of a multiplayer Dark Souls, where it's like you yeah. you know these these giant creatures that can that can hit you in a cut you know can kill you in a couple of hits, but you've got to outwit them, you've got to out dodge them, you get to, you know. Yeah, it's definitely. I kind of it's it's very kind of the whole aesthetic is that it's. It's a hostile world, mm. um, and it's kind of like it's gothic whimsy. Like mm. it's 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 delightful. It's cute. It's charming. It's depressing. It's a hostile world that you've got to try and just get your way through. Um, mm. But you do it best when you've got lots of people with lots of different skill sets. So the character variety is really great as well. Like I I I'm a big cliche because I always play the same character because I adore her. Mm. Um, 
but the actual characters that you can play from, you can play like monster folk or human folk or like, and they keep adding new characters as well, which is great. And they will have a different skill set and they will have different levels of things that help with their sanity and help with their food. Um, like uh, you kind of have to get to know each character. Yeah. So you, you, you tend like, to. Each to... character brings something different, which is, it's great. I love it. Yeah. You, you tend to play as Wendy and yep. <laughs> Wendy is accompanied by the ghost of her dead sister, Abigail. Yes. And she, yeah, I, I, I think I've only ever seen you play as her, so you must be very comfortable with her as, her as a character. Yeah, um, I think I, I briefly played as, um, what do you call the fire fire girl? Willow. Um, Willow, but I, I just, I didn't get along with her because I was just like, I love Wendy and I love Abigail. They are... Um, just I, I'm very in tune with that sort of gameplay where it's very it's it's, it's like a, a passive gameplay I've a lot of the other RPGs I played I really enjoy kind of the equivalent of summons mm. where you can you can carry on doing what you do um but someone else can go out and do the fighting or like defend you while you're doing other actions that's a gameplay style I've always enjoyed um my default in Skyrim has always been doing a Breton so you get it automatic um familiar summon so you can stand in the background being sneaky sneaky and raiding stuff uh while the dog's fighting for you and that's a very similar gameplay loop to wendy and abigail where abigail is a very very powerful combatant uh, particularly at night time or in the evenings she gets boons depending on the time of the day yeah. um she's very powerful um and you can just summon her and she'll go off and she'll do what she does um while in the meantime you know wendy has got <laughs> almost no like combat skills whatsoever she's a very flimsy little girl um who just wants to go pick flowers um mm. but uh between the two of them you've got a very like i very much like that kind of play dynamic it's something i've always enjoyed um so it's nice to have that consistency and also she's a blonde little girl and that's <laughs> not an aesthetic that i'm used to <laughs> uh yeah it's uh, i mean the, the that i mean that's a good illustration as to how that shows the diff like the like how which character you choose completely defines how you play the game and 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 as you say if you're not if your style is not direct you know combat then having having a um i mean you call a familiar a summons a companion to to do that kind of stuff for you and then you act as their sort of support character um yeah. is because uh, the combat is like i mean regardless of playstyle combat's difficult in that game anyway and abigail's like really helped like um with with the combat side of things like there's a, 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 a really another... good support character you you can you know you can you can rile her up and she'll become angry and so if there is a hostile person in the thing you can kind of just set her up to attack that person and then hover around in the background um so the ai will will be um, aggressive until the point where you tell them not to be. Um, mm. which is, I, I think it, it's, it's a play style that I'm very used to. Like Part of me is like, oh, I should experiment with other characters, but I'm very, very comfortable with the Wendy-Abigail dynamic. Yeah, I, I think the thing is, switching characters can be a bit tricky. I've been trying to do that lately, because I, for the most part, have played with Wigfred. And Wigfred's mm. character is, is amazing in her conception. So Wigfred looks, she's got the aesthetic of like a Viking warrior. But the yeah. twist is that she's not a Viking warrior. She just plays one in the theatre. But because <laughs> this is like a magical, mystical, wonderful, you know, wonderland, her her the character that she plays in the theatre sort of almost came to life. 
And I love that. Uh, yeah. She, uh, no, like she, the story of the world is just, again, gothic whimsy. It, it's, it's such a, like, it's indescribable. Yeah, the you've got the atmosphere and the setting. You've got the absolute macabre of like the Adams family type vibe of of um, uh, uh, Wendy and Abigail, and then you've got the complete like almost Peter Pan level of of storytelling of like Wigfred, and then you've got almost like the Roald Dahl kind of uh, feeling of of what like uh, Weber might be like. And and for those that don't know, Weber is basically this boy who. Um, uh, like a, basically was half eaten by a spider and their bodies fused together and now he's like spider boy and he's like yeah which is yeah. horrifying like that's yeah. full-on body horror but also like you can see that being in a roll doll or a maybe um, roll doll for adults <laughs> i mean to be honest roll doll can get really disturbing like with oh, yeah. um with the twits where they they slowly crush themselves to death because they glued their heads to the floor Oh like, God! Yeah, like the, the, I think it really—it's it, kind of our generation's kind of gothic children's story uh, in terms of like combat and like it is a full-on game. Like even mm. with you can put in mods to make it easier or to make it more accessible, and you can um, do a bunch of stuff. But like it, it's a very interesting aesthetic, aesthetic in that I don't think a child would enjoy this game. I think oh, a child obvious. would find this tedious and stressful. And um, difficult, like it is. A, I mean, really it is a challenging. Hard game. Yeah, but it's, the it... aesthetic kind of channel channels that energy of a really good dark children's book. Yeah, like almost, almost a bit Hans Christian Andersen-y or Brothers Grimm. Yeah, like yeah, it's... and like the hand drawn art style is just beautiful. Like it's it's kind of shaded pencil sketches for the whole designs, and it's kind of got that sketch energy to it. Yeah, um, and it, it, I... it's it's. It, it's charming it's really charming mm. yeah the, i mean the mechanics of all the yeah all the different characters works the the fact that you get given a lot of free form um free, like a lot of freedom as to what you ha, what how you make the world like you define your own success and for us most of the time success is just surviving a couple of years because that in and of <laughs> itself is is difficult you have droughts in the summer you have floods in the spring you have um, freezing, of course, in the winter, and, and autumn is almost like the the respite that you get throughout the year. Sort of autumn and spring are like where you 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 grow your food, uh, you you hunt your your meat or whatever, uh, and then uh, then you bunker down for the for the summer and you bunker down for the winter and try and make the yeah. best of it. And it's still again even with those kind of times of peace as it were it is still a hostile environment you can still mm. wander out and get killed by bees or killed by beefaloes and heat or if it starts raining you can freeze to death mm. um like you, you have to be like even even at the points where you're like let's build the camp let's get this going it is still constant work but because it's such a, a charming aesthetic and it's got the you know you, you're working together you're team building you can, kind of can set yourself your own challenges and that the challenges that you set often depend on your character so like for me personally i like trying to get the whole map explored and then i like to do things like bee hunting because mm. um, you can set abigail to aggro she collects all the bees uh, while you're taking down hutches and whatnot yeah um, I, I 
one of the things I, I really do like quite enjoy early on in the game is because each of the, the worlds that you um, you occupy, each of the games that you play, is a completely procedurally generated world. It's random every single time. Everything so one of the first things that you tend to do as you uh, enter the world for the first time into a, in a new game is you have to like explore the world. You have to open up the map. You have to work out where where your your rocks are coming from, where your wood is coming from, where you know where what food is available and how. And you actually have to adapt your playstyle on the fly. You can't just immediately think of a plan and go right. I'm going to be a beekeeper and, and and harvest lots of honey. Get thrown into the world and realize that there just aren't aren't that many bees or not as many bees around as you'd hoped. Or I'm going to farm beefalo. Or I'm going to farm yeah. pigs or i'm going to farm this and then you suddenly realize that you you, you have to change your strategy in, in in the face of unexpected challenges and i think a good game does that as you know like does that well and 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 don't starve has that at every yeah. turn and and so much of it is um you know trying to find your friends like mm. I, I feel like playing it on your own is kind of a, almost an exercise in existential dread <laughs> it um, really the is, single yeah. the single player is the most depressing story where you yeah. are in a world you're completely on your own and you're just trying to survive while with multiplayer like so much of particularly during like the hard months like the summer and the winter months if you die you are desperately trying to get it back to camp to be back with your friends before you get cold and die um yeah and so much of like some of the like loveliest moments in the game are when you know you've died you've respawned you know kind of where you are because you've 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 learned the map um but you know it's gonna be nighttime uh or like you've come back in just before night or you've come back in in the middle of winter and you know that you can't run to camp fast enough and someone from camp will come out with a Mm. torch and with a an emergency warm hat in winter and run up to you and meet you halfway and give you a hat and a thermal stone to keep you warm to get you back to camp and those like lovely lovely story moments where you can really like you feel like you're part of a team you feel like you're all working together um it's it's just great yeah i mean the the thing is like what i would say is this is the kind of game first of all you do need voice chat if you play in this game yes like you need and and it, and it really ought to be with people that you you know and to a point tr- i don't want to say trust trust yeah maybe like you've got to work together in cohesion and there are going to be like disagreement you know like they're going to be disagreements they're going to be like someone's going to drop the ball and and like as a team you've kind of got to be okay with that because obviously we're all human someone makes a mistake especially in high stress environments like that um so you don't like you want to play it with people who you know you can uh fundamental sort of like friends basically because i do remember that time when our friend matt basically burnt down our yeah. entire base by accident yeah. i'll put the footage up for this it's it was an accident it... on his part we do we do josh him for it from time to time because he basically it was the christmas edition we had a christmas feast all built and laid out <laughs> and he was like "Ooh, i'm gonna just grab something to eat and he had his torch in his hand his flaming torch and he just accidentally just set a light to the table which set a light to everything else and he basically yeah. burnt down christmas and uh, <laughs> <laughs> i mean <laughs> But like we, we've all done that in this game. Yeah. Like, oh, we've all done. What that, I find yeah. very funny about Don't Starve is the people that we don't play with that often, or who jump in um, and are playing for the first or the second time. They go, "I'm rubbish at this game. I'm dying all the time. Like I'm awful at this. I like set fire to the woods. What's going on? I hate it." <laughs> um, and like so much of it is like a lesson in like 
like panic management and forgiveness yeah. because you know you wander around and you forget you've got a hammer in your hand and before you know it you've destroyed the science machine or yeah. you know you've got a torch in hand you've set fire to the wood you've killed someone else um you know you, you've given someone uh food that they find poisonous because you're trying to keep them alive or yeah. you know it, it is a death is it, it, again like dark souls you said like death is part of the gameplay loop you oh, are yeah. going to die. You are going to fail. Um, like it is a hostile world from environments through to creatures. Um, mm. But like supporting each other through mistakes is a great thing. And like again, so that new players, like you are going to die. That's part mm. of the gameplay. But learning how to like pick yourself back up again and get back into the game and keep going and you know set yourself a new mm. challenge. Like we're going to oh, read the uh... Christmas tree. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. And uh, I like. To, I mean, top tip: don't light animals on fire. Okay. Uh, yeah, uh, both, that's both for real that's life that. and in the game, because like you could, <laughs> you can light. Like I, could, I, I remember one time I lit a spider on fire, and then it, it scurried off in in pain. I, basically, what I, I had, I, I thought I had something else equipped, and it, I turned out I had my torch equipped. So I struck the spider. The spider lit on fire. He ran off. Lit a whole bunch of other spiders on fire. Lit a whole. Then then they ran off. And then the, before you know it, the forest burnt down. And that kind of bedlam, like you can have a complete cock up cascade scenario where yeah. you just do one one mistake and then suddenly like, it just is. The the AI is so simple, but also so well built that yeah. the world reacts to any decision that you make in a really like again chaos storm type situation so you can do one thing and then come back to it later and be like oh oh no um you know it's great i mean what you can do of course i mean we managed to recover after matt burnt down christmas we rebuilt and we carried on so not every time there's a big mess up uh you need to you start a new game like part of the game is learning to pick yourself up and carry on um in the face of a of a disaster uh, because when you start a new game you get a whole new world and that brings disadvantages like where you have to rediscover the world maybe the world that is generated is not as good as the world you've got now and sometimes it's better the devil you know but also like the, you know you can g generate a big world you can just like oh you've made a huge mistake in this area well let's just pick us pick up what we can travel to the other side of the world and and you know start a new that way as well yeah. It's just yeah, it's so open ended how you can uh, at all stages like how you can approach the game, how you can carry on through the game, through the later stages, and there's I mean there's a whole bunch of the game that we've not even really explored, and yeah. that's the underground stuff. Yeah, I mean I I've again I play I usually play a very passive character, and I'm also I'm very um, again as as a gamer in general, I like to like clear certain areas, and I like to make sure all my quest logs are tidy and. Um, my inventory is all sorted um, and I'm that sort of a, a, a game player in general um, mm. and because even if you build a small map when you say when you're generating the world if you say a small map it's still massive I've never managed ever to uh, do a full um, circle of the map and then like clear the areas we're in because I'm one of those people that like I want to make sure that we don't have any spare trees around I want to make sure that we like all the rocks in the vicinity are correct I want to make sure if we're come near a bunny field that we've got all of the bunny holes covered with bunny huts um and I I, I like like I, I like indulging my OCD a little bit like yeah. <laughs> it's not a compulsion but it, it feels very therapeutic to do it that way um it's one of the reasons why I like the lego games too um so like 
I've never really gotten into the, oh, I'm going to try doing crazy magic stuff or I'm going to try being a pirate or I'm going to try going underground because I literally, like, we play for six hours, seven hours as a team. Oh, God, yeah. And yeah. usually that's just getting camp set up. Um, and then they added new things like Christmas. You get to chase little gingerbread bears around and then destroy their homes and make Christmas food. So I mean, that's, who, wasn't, like, who doesn't want to do that? <laughs> who doesn't want to murder gingerbread bears? <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, that creativity is great. Um, yeah, so like I've, we've been playing, like according to my Steam account, um, Don't Stop Together, I've played 167 hours. Oh, that's um, that's quite a bit less than me. I'm like six hundred hours, I think. Your 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 hours are crazy. And then don't starve single player, twenty three hours, mm. which is a lot more than I thought. I'll be entirely honest. I thought I'd played less of don't starve, but when you think about one hundred sixty seven hours, that's what. Um, I mean, that's a lot. Like in terms of days, that's like a full eight, eight days over. It's over, over yeah, a week, it's over yeah. a week of nonstop playing. Um, which is, That's... I think, maybe less than is because because I have bought a new laptop and I have um, I might have uninstalled it, so I don't know whether or not that's the full cumulative. Oh, I think yeah, yeah I... I think Steam I think Steam Steam keeps like the accumulative track of it, but that okay. is a long time. Like, there's not many games that I've played for more than a hundred hours. If I'm completely honest, uh, it's only the yeah. big ones, your, your Elder Scrolls and, and and those kind of games that I actually I kind of want to compare this. So, 167 hours. Let me check. Um, Skyrim, if I've still got it. Yeah, how did that compare? <laughs> oh, I uninstalled Skyrim. It's no longer in my log. No. Oh, but it, it must be in your uh, in your in your Steam. Uh... No, it's not. Is uh, Witcher it not? Three. Oh wow. Okay, oh. this is this is throwing me for a loop. Witcher Three. Yeah. Two hundred and sixty-two hours. Ooh. This episode of Game Sphere is brought to you by, of course, DigitalOcean. DigitalOcean recently announced their new app platform service, which is a solution to build modern cloud-native apps. With App Platform, you can build, deploy, and scale apps and static websites quickly and easily. Simply point to your GitHub repository and let the App Platform do all the heavy lifting. It has support for Node.js, Python, Go, PHP, Ruby, static sites, and Docker. DigitalOcean runs their app platform on their own infrastructure, so your costs are significantly lower than with other products. Plus, they built this new app platform on top of DigitalOcean Kubernetes, providing a smoother migration path so you can take more control over your infrastructure setup. As a listener of the GameSphere podcast and the Destination Linux network, you can get started for free. And in fact, better than free, because DigitalOcean is giving you a hundred dollars of credit when you sign up by going to do.co slash dln. That's do.co forward slash dln. We want to thank DigitalOcean for sponsoring this episode of the GameSphere and for generally being kind to the Destination Linux network. Thank you very much, DigitalOcean. As uh Wonderful. Anyway, I suppose now that now that you brought up the the Witcher, uh, now that's a game that I haven't played. I do own it, and I can um, and I'm I've got uh, Nvidia GeForce now, which allows me to stream games through 
uh, you know, through their server, so I don't have to install it on, on my computer, which is great. But it is one of those games that um, is definitely on my two playlist. I mean, I, you hear so many good things about it, and you hear people talk about The Witcher 3 as like the precursor to Cyberpunk 2077 in that, mm -hmm. you know, The Witcher was the game that sort of proved um cd project red's ability to make a grand open world game and 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 what sort of contributed to the hype of, of cyberpunk 2077 which i haven't spoken about on the show and, and and to be honest i'm gonna like let the dust settle before i really do sort of cover it because you know when it comes to these big hype storms uh you will i always feel the opinions are strong mm, yeah and it's like to me the most value is like once everything's calmed down, a couple of months after the fact, let them, you know, work out the bugs they need to work out. And, and, and once the, you know, like, once the longevity of the game has genuinely been decided, then it's a good time to sort of take a look at it, in, in my view. But, um, but yeah, so, okay, The the Witcher 3, I've not played it, will play it at some point, but um, I, I would like to sort of find out more about it because my only exposure to The Witcher in any meaningful capacity is the the Netflix show, which I love, like that is an amazing world that I feel that they've they've built there. And I remember watching the first episode, just the first episode, and then I was at work the next day and I was just like, you know, pottering around at work as you do, just thinking about it. It's like, what's gonna happen here? What does this mean? What's that? And I love it. I like it's been so long since the show has made me done that. And it's it's the world that really brought me into The Witcher. I mean, I liked Geralt's character. I don't know if he carries through into the game as he does from the show. But it's it's a lot of it is just the world and how it's a bit like, um, I mean I don't want to compare it to Game of Thrones. I know it's trite to compare Witcher to Game of Thrones. I I I do like Game of Thrones for all the faults that it has. I had a great time with that show and, but but with The Witcher of course, and they finished the books of The Witcher of course, um, is that like yeah this this wonderful wonderfully crafted world. I can't wait for season two of the show because I love to see how the the war unfolds and the fallout and all that kind of stuff um so when it comes to the game i've seen you stream it a few times mm -hmm. but because it's such a broad and grand world i i i had you know like i how do i contextualize it what does this mean what does that mean so um how long did when you started playing it how long did it take you to get into it like you know how long did, did you feel like it it led you into the game in, in, a, in a comfortable way so I kind of, I approached it very strangely. Um, mm -hmm. So up until relatively recently, um, I haven't played that many games on at all because the only devices I've ever owned have been uh, computers or laptops. So as a kid, I played a load of like low res games. Um, and then going into my newer laptops, the best specs I could possibly get would be Skyrim. Um, and so, uh, Whenever I wanted to, like, and I always like game culture. I've always loved game culture, um, mm -hmm. particularly when games became really cinematic, like um, with the Assassin's Creed games and the uh, Uncharted games. So I'd watch a lot of walkthroughs and I'd watch mm -hmm. a lot of, like, cutscene movies. Like the Resident Evil games, I've only ever played Resident Evil 4, but I've watched every single Resident Evil game online. Yeah. Um, and so Witcher was one of those ones that I kind of wanted to watch. And I remember the Assassins of Kings, which is the second game coming out, and trying to watch it. Um, mm -hmm. And it's such a tree branch of different plots that, like, the first sequence, you, um, you're being interrogated to find out what happened. Mm -hmm. um, and depending on your choices in the dialogue options depends on what you play. 
you can either like the question is what happened while you're on the tower or something um, oh. and it was like well there was the dragon or i went to go see lord doobly doo mm -hmm. um and i remember watching that cutscene movie and being like these aren't the choices that i would make i can't <laughs> do this this is too much this this game is too huge and that was the game before this um now i remember that experience and then i remember seeing the trailers for Witcher 3 and then watching a couple of clips here and there and being like, this is just a beautiful game and it looks so good. Yeah, um, I mean, it does look beautiful. Yeah. Um, and so then the series came out um, and like a lot of people, like with Game of Thrones, like a lot of people got into it through the series and I watched the series and I really enjoy the series and I really, um, for all of its flaws, there's so much commendable about the series. Um and I started like getting really like, oh, should I get the Witcher game? Should I get the Witcher game? I really want to, but my laptop can't handle it. Um, and I started watching the YouTube channel called Ex Leetles um, oh. that does like Witcher 3, like things you missed or um, secret details or, you know, if you do this, then this. And it's a very, it's like they have like over a hundred videos on Witcher 3. Um, regarding like details you missed in Skellige and details you missed in this location and details you missed with this character um, because there is so much diversity in terms of small choices and how they impact characters um, and I watched a bunch of those and then I got my new laptop and I was like which are three let's do this um, and I started off on medium difficulty and I hated it oh. for about the first maybe 10 15 hours and i was streaming it as well um and so there was a point where like people were, like get good and chat well they, they're being very nice they're being nicer than get good yeah your but... your, your your chat audience is is very nice it's one <laughs> they, of the they nice were being ones, really definitely. nice but the impression that i was getting from them was like dodge dodge bitch dodge oh, um, no. <laughs> <laughs> um which i i there was definitely one session where like i I, I was just like, I'm so done with this. I'm like, I'm so disappointed in this game. I can't get the combat. It's too challenging. Um, and I dropped it way down to like story mode mm. and started learning the gameplay. Um, and then without the pressure of the, I turn around a corner and I die and I turn around a corner and I die, I actually started getting into the story. And it is such a well-built world. Um, and what I find very interesting that I don't know if it's followed through to cyberpunk is Geralt is such a well-defined character. You can really, mm. like, you can pin down his character so well, but you can play him in such different ways but still be Geralt. And okay, that's, that's fascinating to me. Yeah, I, I, I did wonder about this because it's like Geralt is an established character in, in the books uh, and, of course, in the show as well. Uh, how how do you how do you build a character like Geralt into an open world? So all of his dialogue is obviously pre-recorded and pre-selected. Um, mm -hmm. So for me, I, I chose I'm going to go the Yennefer route because that's the main romance in both the series and the um, books. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm going to romance Yennefer, although I know there's a lot of shrifts that love out there. I'm going to be loyal to Yennefer, so I'm not going to do too many of the prostitution kind of side games mm. um also because that's rather an awkward thing to watch while streaming 
Um, oh yeah, yeah. Twitch can Twitch, Twitch be a bit funny about that kind of thing. I've never really pushed the limits of Twitch, but I, I think I think it's okay if it's part of the gameplay. I don't think there is any like there's boobies, but I don't think there's any other things. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's definitely one of those things where I'm like, I'm gonna just avoid that as much as I can, at least on my first playthrough. Mm. Um, so I chose that I was, I was going to go for, I again because I kind of went in slightly spoiled. I knew that there was a couple of pitfalls. There's a couple of big decisions in terms of real relationship with Siri. Yeah. That if you make one or two bad decisions in that relationship, that affects the ending. Um, okay, yeah. So I kind of knew going in that I didn't want to make those decisions as well. Um, but like minor spoiler, um, there is a point where you can you're, she needs comfort and you can either have a snowball fight with her or go drinking with her. <laughs> um, both of which are very in character for Geralt. You know, it's very, yeah. you know, there's a whole thing about um, uh, Geralt taking Siri ice skating as a kid and that yeah. being kind of a, a fond memory for the two of them. Um, but also going drinking with her is also very in character. Um, but it's whether or not Geralt in that moment is empathizing with Siri or trying to kind of lessen her feelings about the situation. Um, yeah. Now, uh, so, just to um, just to clarify something, right? And correct me if I'm wrong on this one. Uh, Garol is—is he immortal, or or he doesn't age, or or does he live for like a ridiculously long period of time? So um, again, I don't want to get too much into spoilers because I'm sure this will come out in the series. So, mm-hmm. um, witches are mutants, and they get put through something called the trial of grasses, where they are mutated. Um, so they are human. Um, but they are changed. Um, so usually the side effects of that are um, extra strength, extra stamina, um, heightened reflexes, and longer life, uh, or longer lives. And they can also ingest what would be to normal people poisons, which is their like potions. Mm-hmm. So um, if you've watched the series, you know there's a scene where he's fighting the Stroger. Uh, oh yeah, that's a good one. That's oh yeah. yeah. So that's a lot of that fight sequence is taken shot for shot from the first Witcher game. Oh, shot for shot. Almost shot for shot. Like a lot of oh. the sequence, a lot of that fight sequence, like the, the, when he spins the chain and all that jazz, that's taken almost yeah. shot for shot from the first game. Um, but there's a point where he takes a potion and his eyes go black. Oh, okay. And he gets kind of all veiny around his eyes. Mm-hmm. So that's he's taken a potion that would be poisonous to normal humans, but because he's got a witch's constitution he's able to safely consume that so so much of the world that was built around like from the books really well translates to gameplay because he's got potions uh which act as health giving or um you know additional prep um he's got a horse that helps travel around it's such a well-built world so so much like the law of the books translates so well to the game world anyway. Um, so, he, yeah, so generally speaking, witches are high constitution, but I think only one in three boys survive the trial of the grasses to become witches. So I think uh, Geralt is like in his 80s, 90s, I think. Oh, okay, like um, the, 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 yeah, the TV show made that very sort of tricky to follow, ambiguous. didn't they? Yeah, well, part of the framing device of the series is the different timelines. Yeah. Um, which I found fascinating on my first walkthrough. I was like, what's going on? Oh my gosh. 
Yeah, I, I needed to watch, a, after I watched the series, I did need to watch a YouTube video to work out how everything lined up because it was a, a little bit beyond me. Um, I, I clicked I, it around episode six um, and I was watching it with my sister and my friend and they hadn't clicked it because, um, again, in the episode with the Stroger, um, Geralt is trying to... Um, He's trying to work out what happened. So the Strogo was born as incest between the princess and the prince. Mm-hmm. Um, and the prince at that point, is, the king at that point is, King Faustus is like old and fat. And they look at a portrait of the young siblings together before they started being intimate. Um, and then in that same episode, um, you see them as children at the ball where Yennefer gets assigned her commission. Oh right, do do you? Yeah. Oh, so you wow. see, there's a pair of children at a ball who mm. are a very young King Falstaff and his sister. Oh wow! Um, so I noticed that at the time and was like, "Oh, oh, timelines! Oh, timelines!" Um, and so when I rewatched it on the second time, I noticed the um, uh, there was a point where in the first episode, I think where the little peasant girl is talking to Geralt and says something along the lines of, uh, well, uh, Princess Calanthe just won her first duel. Which means that at the point where he's talking to Stregobor and talking to the little peasant girl, Mm -hmm. Queen Calanthe is still a young teenager. So I, I think it was something along the lines, I can't remember, or it might be one of the prostitutes who was saying that, but at some point there was definitely a line about, oh, well, you know, if, if Queen Calanthe can be kicking butts, then I can, I can do that too. So I, I, I clocked it around episode six, oh, and then wow. was trying to like work out which timelines would kind of roll up first. Mm. So Yennefer is the oldest, yeah, followed by Geralt, and obviously um, the timeline. Oh, hang on, is, it, is, is um, Geralt not older than than Yennefer? I think, uh, think Yennefer is slightly older than him, but it's only about ten years. Oh, right, okay. And in the grand scheme of things, that, that sort of rounds out to nothing, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, so um, I, th- I think I could be wrong. I'm doubting myself on that. Triss is definitely younger. Triss is about 40. Um, and Yennefer's about, I think, 90. Oh, right. Again, okay. I haven't read the books, so I am. I do have a knowledge gap here. Um, yeah. Uh, no, yeah, um, neither, neither have I. But yeah, it, 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 it's, it's such a beautiful and complex world, and the way that it's built up in the stories, like one of the things that happened in maybe in my second session, and I was still hating the gameplay loop. I was absolutely, I had no idea what I was doing. I was encumbered. I was dying all the time. I didn't get it. Uh, but there was a, a side quest where um, you're in the middle of a massive invasion. Um, it's like the second Nilfgaardian invasion. Um, and there's a side quest where you go and you talk to two soldiers and um, they're soldiers from opposing teams and both of them were injured on the battlefield and they helped each other get to a shack um, and were trying to keep each other alive even though they're from other side. so they're both semi-defected to try and keep each other alive um, and one of the locals in the village says I'm searching for my brother can you help me find my brother please oh witcher um, and you go out and you find these two people in their shack um, and the choice is do you bring the Nilfgaardian soldier back to the village to tend to his wounds as thanks for helping the brother survive. Um, but that in doing that, that puts 
the entire of the household at risk because they're then sheltering of guardian soldier. an enemy of the realm basically yeah yeah or do you leave him to die oh okay and then you and, deal... like, that's your choice you can you can advise this family to make that decision whether or not they bring him back or not and that was one of the first decisions in the game and that held more emotional weight than the entire <laughs> 600 hours or so of skyrim that i've played yeah I mean, I you know, I'm I'm quite a, f a fan of the the Elder Scrolls game. Probably the older ones more over than anything else. But and 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 as intricately as that the the Elder Scrolls world is is designed, it I don't think it's it's not really, very personal. It's not very personal. Um, it's I don't the... think it's ever moved me in you know like certainly like 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 in that regard. Maybe like there might be one or two missions that put you into a conflicting situation. But you don't. Th you, you, I think you don't... Th there's been one time when I I, I semi cried while playing Skyrim, which was there was like a ghost quest, and you've got to find like a ghost of a lady on the battlefield. And I I think I was just really tired. But like they go up together, uh, like you find the two spirits and they reconnect, and it was just like I'm so emotional right now. <laughs> but that's the closest I've had. So like the Witcher, this side quest in the first like four hours of gameplay had that immediate like oh no, my decisions right now have actual serious consequences. Yeah. I mean, and I, that I, I was will... thrilling. Yeah. I mean, I will say one of the things I do like about the Elder Scrolls universe, conversely to the, uh, you know, in, uh, you know, in distinction from the, from, from the Witcher is, is that, um, you know, the personal stories from what I've seen of the Witcher, you know, they, they, they sort you know, they run very deep. But with the Elder Scrolls world, I, I like that it doesn't take itself too seriously. Like to yeah. me, those are, those are two opposites that I sort of both both enjoy. I think in that regard. Yeah. Um, but but I, I I like that there is there is consequences to things. So there's things like there's um a Jack the Ripper type plotline about midway through, um, where um uh one of your friends is companions get a, gets attacked and you can track down the killer, um and depending on how you investigate that. Either you succeed mm -hmm. and you do manage to track down the killer, or you can make a couple of wrong decisions and miss them uh -huh. and then come back to find more bodies, but you have no <laughs> chance of ever tracking down that person again. Nice. Um, which, it, it, again, it's, it's so cleverly written and it's just, it's really well done. Like, I, I, yeah. I really enjoyed it. Um, so, would. Uh, in in the broader scheme of of things in in regards to the game, because I, I I I'm a defender of the easy mode myself. Like if a game like <laughs> I I I enjoy racing games, but I'm terrible at them, and I will always 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 drop them down to easy mode because, um, yeah, just like being beaten time and time again is is just no fun, and and um, you know what offers you challenge offers you a challenge, right? So would you, for the most part, because you're you know, you, you, I mean, you, you, you know, you've played your fair share of games. You're certainly not new to um, to 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 any really genre of game, as far as I can tell. <laughs> would you Would you recommend starting The Witcher Three on on easy to explore the world and then revisit it at a higher difficulty? Or, or I I, I would, I would. Um, there is certainly uh, because you have um, mechanics like um, armor and weapon degrading. Um, and things like potion making, um, 
there are so many different things you've got to learn early on in order to make the game functional at higher levels. That yeah. Obviously, there are guides and there are like prompts and pop-ups and things like the skill tree. It, 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 it's a very... Um, you've played a lot of... You said you've played Cyberpunk and you, you have the skill trees, you have the quest logs, you have... Um, you know, all of the clothing and stuff upgrade. So there's so much to learn there in terms of how your kind of how the world works, mm. as well as the engrossing plot. That I definitely I found the constant death loops just so frustrating. Um yeah. but as soon as I'd crack that, as soon as I'd um kind of got the hang of how to do each stage and how to do like heavy combat versus light combat and there is also a certain level of flexibility in gameplay not quite as much as say again elder scrolls where you can be a stealthy stealthy or a wizardy wizard mm. but you can put a higher focus on using your um your signs so you can be more of a magic user um or you can put higher things on you know your powerful weapons or you can do more like yeah, heavy attacks or more kind of you know floaty dodgy attacks yeah now um, in the uh, in the lore of the witch uh Garol mm-hmm. is is known for having two swords right he has a normal sword for normal swording and he has a yeah. silver sword for the supernatural yes. right now yes. is that so in the game does that carry through insofar that like could you could you be an archer or or a how much variation so, do you have with weapons in regards to the law? Um, when you start, one of the first combats, your first boss battle uh, mm-hmm. is with a griffin. And during that combat, you'll be gifted a crossbow by Vesemir. Oh. Um, so you do have uh, that long range option. Um, it, generally speaking, it does auto select the right sword that you want for each combat. So if okay. you're taking on bandits, it will auto select your steel sword. Um, and if you're taking on um, ghouls, it will also select your silver sword. Um, things like um, airborne enemies and underwater enemies, you kind of have to use a crossbow. It's impossible to use a sword. Um, you can use uh, signs to get down airborne ones, like Ard, which is like a, um, a force blast, um, to get airborne enemies on the ground. But mm. generally speaking, crossbow is what you use for underwater combat and what you use for airborne combat. Right. Okay, that makes uh, that makes sense. Um, um, and then you have, I think, five signs, which is the small magic that witches are able to do. Um, so I don't know whether or not it's different in the series or the books. Mm-hmm. You have um, Igni, which is like fire. Mm-hmm. Ard, which is um, like air blast, like forced. Um, Quen, which is like a force field. Mm-hmm. Um, oh. I'm blanking on names. Um, uh, one which is like a mind control one, and I'm blanking on its name. And another one which is... Oh, I can't remember what it is. Uh, it might just be four. I'm, 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 I'm doubting myself now. But okay, yeah, so yeah. You, you can use those spells. Um, so I, I was very heavy into... And depending on what, like, um, so you'll get, like, every enemy you kill, you get information about the enemy, so then you know for next time when you're doing combat with them, like, you know, you can predict some of it, like, a lot of the necrophages and um, water-based ones don't like Igni, for example. Um, So once you've killed an enemy, you'll get a full, like, detailed log of what potions to put on your, like, what oils to put on your sword, what potions Mm -hmm. are good for yourself, um, and what... 
um, signs they may be weak to, yeah. um, which is super useful. And then like learning to prep before combat is a big part of the gameplay loop. Yeah, yeah. Um, cool. All right. Uh, should we? Um, uh, sh- yeah, it's it's super fun game. I highly recommend. But awesome. it is a bit of a time sap. Oh um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've I've got a few of those games. Drew's Drew's got a rec. You know, he, he's he's set uh like wants me to get into Crusader Kings three, which I does also look really good. It looks like Game of Thrones, the game where you plot and scheme and all that kind of stuff. But that's of a similar nature where you dedicate like eighty hours to a game. Um, I, I will say for Witcher, as I said, I had this big build up of going back to when Witcher 2 was released and getting really excited and being like, no, I can't do it. Yeah. Um, you know, seeing when it was a game of the year when it came out, it was, I remember seeing like the cinematic trailers are absolutely stunning. Yeah. Um, when they came out and there, I think it came out in like 2000 and it came out a while ago now. Um, like though, those sort of aspects of it, watching the, tv series and getting really excited about it again watching all of this things you may have missed sequences and reading the lore and learning about the characters all before even thinking of buying the game because at the time i did not have the technology to be able to do it and so i was so excited to get into it that's what pushed me through the initial i want to play it on medium why is it so hard um (laughs) And then being able to actually just relax into the world and get to know the characters and get to know the fallout from each of your decisions. So in order to be invested in something this large and this complicated, um, it's so worth having that excitement for it. And if you don't have that excitement for it, I wouldn't necessarily recommend it because you do have to get through that learning curve to begin with. Um, yeah. I mean, but equally, game's... like, if you get to the Blood and Wine DLC, that is just, like, it's the perfect gift to wrap up the game it is uh you know by that point you know the story so you can just enjoy everything about the kind of slightly self-referential aspects of that last section awesome it's great yeah (laughs) cool all kinds of terrible things can happen when you don't take care of your digital security and that of course includes your passwords The password manager used and trusted by the Destination Linux network is Bitwarden. Bitwarden lets you set up things like a pin to easily access your password manager, as well as additional authentication, such as master passwords and adding phrases to fingerprint security, all the things to keep your passwords safe. Bitwarden is the easiest and safest way for individuals, teams and businesses to store, share and sync sensitive data. Go to bitwarden.com forward slash DLN to get started for free. To make things even better, Bitwarden is 100% open source. You can self-host and their code is audited. Go to bitwarden.com forward slash DLN to get started for free. The $10 a year premium account gets you one gigabyte of encrypted file storage, two-step login with YubiKey, U2F, Duo, Vault health reports, time-based one-time password authenticator storage and generation, priority customer support. So, from the bottom of my heart, I would like to thank Bitwarden for sponsoring this episode of Gamesphere and for all around being a good egg to the Destination Linux network. Thank you very much. Now, I, I know Among Us 
I mean, by the time this has come out, comes out, which is on uh, Wednesday, like I think the Among Us craze, whilst the memes are still about in the ether, has probably died down. And Among Us is a, is a, is like a great great game, a great game that I that <laughs> I thoroughly enjoy playing with friends. The, I think the thing about it is that you do need a good collection of of people you know. The the enthusiasm of the popularity of the game uh, sort of determines its its success yeah. because it's not uh, similar to to don't how don't starve together. You want to play with friends. I think you also kind of want to play Among Us with friends. Yeah, I've uh, definitely had a, few a of them. couple of very interesting, but maybe not so fun times with Among Us. Like the last time I played it, I played it with um. I had me and two friends on voice chat and then six randoms who were just on text chat in game. Yeah. And you don't know anyone. You don't like the communication is different. Mm. Um, like it, it just, it's, you feel bad for judging people. You feel bad. Like it, it just, yeah. I feel like it, it, it's so worth having voice chat with people that you really know. Um, so you can kind of, feel your way out it, it's almost the opposite to um again tabletop simulator we played the mm. spy game oh spyfall that's great yeah spyfall which is a phenomenal game to play with friends because you can tell and it's so it's a similar deception game mm. um but it's it's so much more fun than among us i feel like among us is a great in the same way that Animal Crossing and Fall Guys, so um, so among us is like this year. yeah, it's it's. I mean, it's certainly like. I mean, it sounds strange to call it a product of the time because the game was made in 2018, but given you know the nature of lockdowns and social distance yeah. and all that business, it does make sense. And also, the great thing about Among Us is that you can play it on your phone and you can play it on a computer, and you can actually genuinely do cross-platform, which makes yeah. it accessible to a lot of people. Um. But I do think that it does have a limited shelf life. Like, you you can only really play it when you've got a decent number of people who you know who are on voice chat in one way or another, and you can have a bit of a laugh about it, a bit of a party yeah. going on. Um, but as an actual game in and of itself, just on its merits as, as a game, it's 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 probably in the same ballpark as any other card or board game you can get, really. Um, yeah. So I mean, there there is a playlist where we've um, had had a few rounds of Among Us, which I'll put in the in the show notes, which I think uh, was 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 a hoot. Um, yeah, they, it is fun. It is fun, but I feel one of the things I think will be really interesting is in the next year or two, you know, when you've you've eaten something that you really enjoyed at the time, but it made you sick. And so forever it will be associated with being ill rather than the on its own credit. I feel like Among Us might be the game of 2020 that after 2020 and everything's resolved, oh, it might be the one real. that no one can play oh. anymore because it reminds that's a, that's, you of that's 2020. A, that's, too, too, that's a bit real. That is, but I mean, I get what you mean, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> It'll be like, oh no, not twenty twenty again. It's the thing. It's the thing that's got us through twenty twenty. I get. I. I. Yeah. That is. That is very. Very. I, like again, we've got the benefit yeah. with um, don't starve that we've been playing it for so long that I don't associate it with furlough or lockdown or any of that stuff. Um, mm. Similarly, I think um, Animal Crossing, which had a huge upswing during COVID, I don't think because it's been around 
for longer and in active play for longer. I don't think that will be associated, but I feel like full guys um, and among us and maybe phasmophobia, those were the three that I saw massive uptakes and massive memes this last year. Yeah. I don't yeah, know whether there's... or not they'll leave a bad taste in people's mouths in a couple of years' oh. time where they'll go back, oh, that was 2020, the year of Among Us. That's <laughs> quite, yeah. I mean, I suppose, given all of that, I'm surprised Gary's mod didn't make a resurgence. Yeah, I mean, that's true. Yeah, that's true. I, I, that's, I mean, I think that's one of, like, one of my favourite games, but not because, it, I mean, as a game, it's it's pretty bad, if I'm honest. <laughs> But well, same with, with friends, Goat Simulator, like you know, it, 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 its charm is in his jankiness. Yeah, like like Gary's mod is like um, the video game version of Tommy Wiseau's The Room. Like it's. <laughs> um, so, but we do uh, we have been playing a few board games with Tabletop Simulator lately, and I really mm -hmm. am, am am getting into that. Um, so we've played a few. We've played. Um, so basically with Tabletop Simulator is that it's a sandbox game where you basically get given a table and the ability to, uh, and everything else is, is fundamentally modded in. So you can play any number of games as part of Tabletop Simulator. You can play anything from card games to board games uh, to like Pictionary style games. You've got the whole works. It's a complete sandbox. So it's kind of difficult to really, um, it's not a, a game as such. It is more of a, platform for games or a sandbox um we've played a couple of games and we we've played yeah. uh, lords of Waterdeep. It, it, i really it, it, love it simulates Waterdeep. the at table experience yeah um i can't remember how you did quite well on lords of Waterdeep when we played um um i did okay um you, you guys said uh if you get the was it architect card we'll know um and immediately i started building as many houses as possible <laughs> Um, so I, I got the architect card. Um, so yeah, I definitely, um, it, that was my first time playing it. I did enjoy it. I think I did okay. I don't think I won, but I think I did all right for what it was. Um, and it, 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 it was definitely the, fun. It was yeah. definitely fun. That was a good couple of months ago. The, the premise of, of Lords of Waterdeep is, and there are like, there are real version, real life versions of the board game, um, of it, it is that you... You play right. Each of your, the, you know, the people who play the game, um, play as the the people in the Dungeons and Dragons universe that distribute the quests. You play as as mm -hmm. you know, like a lord or a power player or a, or, a, or an important person that sends other people on quests to help you in your grand scheme of things. And I love that concept. It's it's amazing. And whilst there are some tactical plays against other players in the game, um. It, it it's it sort of it is some I don't know how minor it is because there was one time when we were playing with our friend Falcon who completely like I was doing really well and then she played a few strategic moves and completely threw me out like it was um <laughs> it was I like hey, Falcon it was, is wily she is wily as the Dickens absolutely <laughs> and she. Uh, she ended up it was her first game as well and she ended up winning um simply because she just had these these right like you know this right st strategy that was set up and she had she had the right cards that were dealt the right pieces in the in play and 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 she just went for me and um she went for the jugular and she got me it was it was <laughs> brutal it was 
Um, and then she went on to win as a result, like like as, as a result of what was, to be fair, a very well planned and executed strategy that you just don't see coming from someone who's playing the game for the first time. But she, uh, Falcon, <laughs> to be fair, does play a lot of. Um, she, she's, I think she's she's familiar with the Dungeons and Dragons universe. She's familiar with uh, a lot of board games in in other, you know, a lot of other board games. Yeah. Um, and that's that's amazing. Um, we played uh, over New Year's, uh, mm-hmm. Whitehall Mystery. Which was lovely. Oh, that's an amazing board game as well. So it's set. Uh, one character plays the role of Jack the Ripper, who leaves uh, murder evidence in four different loca- locations in London, and then a team of uh, policemen have to track down uh, and find the track down and arrest Jack the Ripper. And I've been Jack the Ripper in in a few recent games. I basically I've never won as Jack the Ripper. I am the murderer <laughs> that always gets caught, always gets arrested, um, and and it's very difficult to actually get away with the crime, which I kind of like because it it, it it's a great challenge of the game. And one one day I'll get away with it if it isn't for those meddling kids and that damn dog. <laughs> <laughs> but um, it's uh yeah, that's that's another wonderful game. Um. But yeah, you get that, like, I mean, it's, it's, again, it's another one that for the most part, I, I think you're going to want to play on, on voice chat. There, I do see people playing it with text chat, but I... I think, I mean, when you're simulating the app table interaction, which is what makes so much of board games fun, like, if you don't have an open verbal dialogue... It just slows everything down. It makes it a lot harder. Like, particularly when you're mm. dealing with, like, that was my first time playing it last night. Um, I say last night, was it like <laughs> three o'clock in the morning? Um, <laughs> Something like that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, like, uh, it was my first time playing it, but I've played a very similar, um, it's called Crime Game, which is basically mm-hmm. the same premise, but um, set in a modern world. So um, there's different transport rules. Um, there's a certain number of turns, and then the villain has to reveal themselves rather with mm-hmm. the, um, with this game. Um, you the, the villain has to find their place to drop the next body part um right. so it's it's more uh to do with them trying to get to the next location rather than the number of turns so there's a couple of like tweets to the rules but i played a very similar game at with an actual board game at home um mm. but i think without that natural flow of dialogue the equivalent of like you know pub chatter like that's what board games yeah. are for they're for having a conversation over the top of each other and then also doing something to keep the conversation flowing or you know distract you for just one moment i think if you're doing that with text communication you lose so much of what makes that so special yeah uh definitely um, and i mean obviously uh, the the one game that we played where that applies uh in you know in an absolute capacity is of course spyfall which is a card yep. game where everyone gets dealt a card, one person in that circle has a card with the word spy written on it, and everyone else is dealt a randomly assigned card with a location and a job title. So, for example, a location might be an aeroplane, and a job title might be airplane steward, for example. And then, uh, through a series of questions, everyone has fun- basically has a, a, a conversation to try and work out who's the spy without asking any direct questions and you have to work out who's who's the spy and the spy has to pretend the spy only has 
like the only information the spy is given at the beginning of every round is that they're the spy. They don't know where they are, and by extension, then wouldn't wouldn't have a job or would have to sort of pretend to have a job. But because they don't know where they are to begin with, they then have to uh, blag it basically. So um, they they would have to so, pretend but, to work. But clarity to anyone who hasn't played this game: everyone gets given the same location, but different job roles. Apart from the spy, who gets given nothing. So mm. the spy's job is to try and guess the location based on everyone's questions and answers. Mm. Um, and everyone else's their job is to try and communicate to the other people where they are working to kind of prove their own innocence, yeah. uh, but not give too much away that the spy knows the location. So the game is over if either everyone who's not a spy votes the spy out or if the spy works out where they are. Yeah. Um, the, the so best it, it, way... it's super fun. Yeah, the best way for the spy to win is if a spy can successfully set up someone else to take the fall. That is <laughs> like it was that time when James was there, and we were ever like it was the move. Uh, was it the movie? Um, no, it was the the restaurant, and I was the spy. Uh, but yes. I worked out that it was the restaurant because I think it was it you who asked who do I complain to. Yes, it was me who asked who do I complain to. I was like, ah, to. well, that's 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 that that sort of signifies to me that's you, we're in a restaurant. So then I pretended to be like a m- member of like either the management staff, but but sort of blagging it so that well, if if someone else was the manager, I could be like a head, head waiter or head chef or something like that. And then James turned out to be the food critic, and the food critic is all snooty and da 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 da. So I kind of like <laughs> I, I I kind of like pl- played that out for I kind of like made made that that character trait out to be a. Um, uh, someone who's dodging the questions, or someone that's not, you know, like someone who's, yeah. who's like, I sort. Of... I mean, so much of it is soft role play as well. Oh, yeah. Like it's not, you know, you can't open yes, you can't ask yes no questions. You've got to answer with questions and answers that actually fill the void. Um, mm. But again, are either specific or non-specific. So you can. It, it, it's such a a fun kind of challenge in terms of like the words you choose um and you get some very interesting job roles within each location as well so if you're a slave during the crusades or an intern at the work party or um the uh i don't know a cleaner in the hospital you're gonna have similarly miserable answers yeah um, while everyone else might be having a great time, which makes you sound super shady. Yeah. Um, so it, it, it's very, like, it, it's it's such a fun dynamic. Yeah, it's it, it it really is. And I mean, that's just an example of one of many games, like Spyfall, uh, it, it, you know, out of the collection of games that you can play on tabletop. And it fundamentally, like, it's games that, that come from the Steam Workshop, so that have been made by a, by a pretty healthy modding community. And yeah. Uh, so, so Spyfall as a game is not necessarily exceptional. Like there are countless uh, card games that you know would fill that role quite well. And I'm sure at some point we'd get bored of Spyfall, we'd move on to another type of of game and another type of game. But um, but the the sort of the open endedness of of the social board game. I will say one thing about it though is that even though it's quite a simple game, right? You have a board game, you have all the pieces. It does take a fair, you know, like a fair amount of your computer's resources to run. Like it's not the lightest game in the world. Yeah, 
Um, I also, I really like the fact that uh, because it is basically a mod within a mod, um, mm. you get some really interesting backgrounds sometimes. Um, <laughs> yeah, you do, yeah. Um, and some really interesting, like, where the table is located and you can, like, the table's always hovering in the location. It's never fixed the location. Um, it, it, it's a very... Um, you can tell it's a mod within a mod. It's just a very mm. well-constructed mod within a mod. And it's a very... Mm. Like all of the cards are inputted um, from real life tabletop games, and all of the tokens mm -hmm. are uh, digitally recreated. And you can tell there's so much care and attention put into putting those games online. So you can have things like um, giving another player your cards to check your cards if that's what the turn is called for, or, um, you know, hiding things although not very well according to last night, um, <laughs> uh, hiding information if it's you've got a secret turn or to take. Um, yeah. And, you know, then you can also do fun things like, you know, uh, there was a point during the mid-evening where um, we all got our pens out and started doodling on the table. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> because, you know, that's the sort of thing you do when you're playing a real board game at home and you've got like a paper scoreboard and some will do like a hangman in the corner while other people are doing their jobs. Like it, 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 it it does capture so much of that yeah, IRL a, tabletop feel. It has that great sort of sense of like tactile, you know, tactility where you you pick mm. up pieces and move them. But it's it does work, um, even though it sort of seems like it might seem a bit clunky. And there is a degree of jank to this game. Like it does have a little bit of a Gary's mod feel to it in that it's not the smoothest experience you'll have. But but it's not meant to. It's like you'll pick up pieces, and actually the the, the manipulation of pieces in the game is 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 surprisingly fluid for something that is quite complex yeah. um, because you're but working in three like, dimensions like one of the things that i always enjoy is when you're actually playing a board game like at table and you've got say like coin tokens you always have someone who like stacks them all neatly and someone who just plays with them constantly or someone that like you know spreads them out on the table or someone that like uh gets their little beans and stacks them on top of each other yeah. and you can do that in tabletop simulator like when you're between turns or just for fun you can like try and stack your little men or you know make a smiley face out of your tokens or any any such thing um and that's uh, such a a real kind of a real simulation of what tabletopping is um and i it, it is i haven't done it as much as i would like but it is it's such a lovely resource to be available particularly yeah. in 2020 see the, the game the game tabletop simulator came about at a time when there were a lot of like there was a bit of a meme going around that you just put simulator on the end of something um you know you had a <laughs> lot of yeah i can't remember off the top like like well goat simulator goat simulator being the being the chief of them, and there were you know many other blank simulators at battles. Was there like was totally realistic epic battle fighter? Yeah, things like simulator. Yeah, and it was always a bit of a joke there. But tabletop simulator is like a, a completely apt name because you're not just playing board games; you're playing board games in a in a simulated way. Uh, and I believe there is actually a VR component to it, but I can't imagine that would be that smooth, right? It's got to be yeah. clunky as anything, right? That's got to be so so much more clunky than just doing it keyboard and mouse. Um, you know, it like it's not I like mean, the environments are worth exploring. I mean, you know, you're looking knows, at a like, table. Yeah, it's and it's not <laughs> you know like it's it's yeah. I can't imagine how that would work in 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 
Yeah, I can but... imagine how it will work, but I, I don't see it being worth the effort. No. Like wearing a big heavy headpiece for the sake of what you can essentially do with a visual screen and mouse and mm. keyboard. But I don't own VR. Maybe a VR purist would disagree. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I do wonder whether you know, like, what will become of VR in the in in the you know non like you know at the moment VR is of course um, utilized by a, a sort of the tech enthusiast sector of of, of gaming, which I, I would say neither of us really are. But, no. Uh, I don't know, like I, so I imagine like what, you know, what it would look like when it comes down to, to our level, like where, where people like us who are sort of, uh, I don't know, like, I mean, I don't have any necessary, you know, I don't really have a, an interest in picking up VR right now. I've heard some good things about it, but you need a pretty fast computer and, you know, like it's, it's, it's not the cheapest thing in the world. And, and to, to what benefit does it offer? I, other than the, the gimmicks, there only seem to be like one or two games that are actually enhanced yeah. by VR. So I don't know. Like it's got. It seems to me like it, it's e such. It's such a budding technology. I think maybe in a few years or half a decade, if it like it, it is mainstream enough that some like people do have it. Um, you know, it's not a ridiculous expense when you consider things like the new consoles. Um, but I think it is also, it is still a very new technology. Um, and it's well, still... It's, I mean, it's not, I mean, VR, like in one capacity or another, has been around for like decades, but it's never clicked. Like, and, and it seems like now, it seems more than ever that more people have VR than have ever had it before. But I think, and like, how how many VR games would you consider full length? I think that that's kind of where I'm I'm drawing the line in the sand, because even... You know, um, uh, what's it called? Alex. If you, uh, yeah, um, Half Life, Life Alex. Alex um, you know, is a, a proper, you know, AAA, well known source, well known um, kind of, you know, it, yeah. it, it's got a reputation. Um, and it looked like a great game, but because, you know, it, it, you know, if you think the difference between Cyberpunk and Half Life Alex, like the number of people who were full on Half Life. Like Half-Life 3, um, craving people who would love would love to have anything left over in that world um, mm. and more information on it and just get back into the universe um, who didn't rush out to buy VR. And VR, as I said, is not as expensive as it is. I don't think it has that mainstream thing yet, and I don't think it has the capacity to be equal to the equivalent of just sitting down with a mouse and keyboard or sitting down with a controller. Um, so until it gets to that point, um, I don't think it's going to be... I, I just For me, it doesn't seem like it's going to come out shiny anytime soon. But no. also, I, I get motion sickness playing first-person shooters, so yeah. um, <laughs> it's going to be a while before uh, I even think about VR. Yeah, that's... And I think the thing is, though, is that, I mean, there aren't, I can't, like, think of many full, I mean, VR in and of itself, can you even play it for more than an hour or so? Like, it seems like one of those things that you, 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 the games for VR have to be made for VR, because I can't imagine, like, you know, you take a game like Skyrim, and, and I know several people that have got over a thousand hours on that game. I can't yeah. imagine doing a thousand hours in a game on on a headset. Like it, it just 
to me just well, strikes just, me as in being terms of too much. heaviness like they need to get like i think it's going to be a good number of generations in the future before we get to that point i think mm. it needs to get to the point where it's um it has interim detection because i know that trisha does quite a lot of um uh vr sessions but she's constantly knocking things on her wall or turning around oh god um, that seems like a disaster doesn't it oh dear exactly and like any household that's got children or pets like you can't unless you shut the door on them you can't do vr like that so i think it needs to get to a point where you have um some sort of outside sensors as well as internal sensors so you're not running into walls or um, knocking into children, uh, some sort of you know alert system or something like that, where it can scan your space and tell you where you are in your space, yeah. um, even if it's not part of the HUD, um, but it is like you get something like an alarm or a, a, a low buzz or something to tell you mm. if you're going to walk into a wall. Um, then it also needs to the weight needs to be changed. Like th- there's so much stuff that's got to happen before it's actually viable as a daily functioning object um and until the point that it is a daily functioning object i i'm not i i don't need that i don't think it's worth (laughs) it and certainly not for a tabletop simulator which i don't know oh yeah for a tabletop the, the, I, I did see another game where you could play on on vr it's basically an ikea furniture setup furniture uh, simulator (laughs) uh which (laughs) Yep, I, so, I I stand by. Uh, yeah. th- there is no game that I've seen that I think uh, VR would uh, be essential essential to the experience. Yeah, I mean, to I, me, I can't so think of a single game. The future may change it, but so far, to me, it it's a gimmick um, uh, and yeah. an expensive one at that. I mean, I I you know I. I mean that's just that's just how I see it. Maybe it maybe it 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 will evolve into something else, but um I mean it's not cheap. Like first of all you need a good computer, and then you need I mean what is it like seven hundred quid or something to get to get that kind of headset? You know it's, yeah. Like I, I well. don't think it's like I think it will continue to develop because as I said it's not as expensive as it has been previously, and it is becoming mainstream enough that people do purchase it. So I think it it it, it is it has enough demand that it will continue to develop but mm. i think it's going to be easily a decade before it becomes anywhere near a like household level for most yeah. households cool right i um um <laughs> we've been talking a long time we've been talking longer yeah we, um so i think this is probably a good time to uh to, to wrap it up but um Thank you, Jenny, for joining me. It's a pleasure, as always. Um, My pleasure. It's been we fun. do stream together from time to time. Um, and your channel is uh, twitch.tv slash classy librarian. And mm-hmm. your YouTube channel is youtube.com slash took it home to Jenny. Is that right? Yeah. Uh, I'll link it, of course, in the show notes. But uh, also, you do uh, you do some crafty things over on your YouTube channel as well, don't you? And you do... Uh, um, yeah, so I do craft, crafting Tuesdays on Twitch. So uh, every Tuesday, um, at the moment I'm still on uh, Christmas break, but coming in from uh, uh, Tuesday this week, which I think is the fifth, I will be doing more crafting Tuesdays. Um, and I do try and do stuff on YouTube, but I've not been very good lately. Well, you got to do what moves you. 
Yes, uh, I, I mean, I, I go through stages of Twitch, stages of YouTube, stages of Twitch, stages of YouTube. It's just the 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 you know natural cycle of being you know being a creator, I guess. <laughs> um, but yeah, thank you very much for joining me, and um, thank you, uh, thank you all at home. Um, I've been Chris Ware. This has been Jenny, and you've been listening to the Gamesphere. <laughs>